Welcome to AIGA's Fireside Chat. Thank you for joining us. Before we begin our Fireside Chat, a few quick housekeeping notes. This session is being recorded and will be available for viewing post-event. We are also live streaming to our followers on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please connect with us and share your thoughts. The hashtags for this fireside are AOJ Design and Future of Design. Now, it is my pleasure to welcome Benny F. Johnson, AIGA's Executive Director, and today's guest, Teresa Fitzgerald, Vice President, Brand Creative for Sesame Workshop. Benny? Holiday greetings, everyone, and welcome to our last fireside of this year. We're going to explore leadership and design, and we thought, what better way to end our year with a way in which many of us began our year in thinking about creativity and innovation from the start. It only takes these words to bring a smile to many's face, face it. Sunny day, sweeping the clouds away, on my way to where the air is sweet. Just the mention of those words bring back fond memories of our childhood, of our parenthood, of our experience. Um, that bring a delight to our face. So today we're gonna have as our guests, none other than Teresa Fitzgerald, who serves as the VP of Creative Brand for Sesame Workshop, the education nonprofit behind the educational organization that we love, Sesame Street. She leads the in-house brand creative team, which is dedicated with this mission of helping kids grow stronger, smarter, and kinder. Teresa has spent a career developing creative to entertain and educate and engage young minds. Prior to Sesame, she oversaw design and branding vision for Nickelodeon, Snoopy and Peanuts, Scholastic, Mattel, and National Geographic. She's been an adjunct professor in New York at NYU, teaching design and working with educational team members at the Smithsonian, Cooper Hewitt, supporting design in the classroom. She's been a guest speaker at all of the leading design schools. She's always been committed to problem solving, mind evolving and pulling it down to the various essence of creativity. So today I'd like to welcome Teresa Fitzgerald to our fireside chat. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, nice intro. Well, it's good to have you. You have to have a good intro. So I, you know, I say it in jest, but there's so many times when you hear those lyrics and it kind of sums up with the great point of, can you tell me how to get, how to get to Sesame Street. So I'm a dad, so I'm allowed in this season to have a ton of dad puns in this conversation. Okay. So we want to start off with your design journey. And the big question is, how did you come to this role? You've been at Sesame Street for over a decade. How did you end up at Sesame Street? Uh, first, I want to thank you for having me. Um, and it's, it's kind of a nice week to wind down with uh, celebrating design and creativity. Um, so I grew up in upstate New York, um, in a family, a big family, um, where creativity was celebrated. You know, we were all encouraged to make, um, paint, draw all the things. Um, and I knew at a young age, I wanted to be an artist. You know, I wanted to be maybe an illustrator, a children's book illustrator. I just loved children's book illustration. Um, so all the, all the way through high school, I was always drawing. And when it came to pick a, a college of study, I went to Rochester Institute of Technology, okay. um, 
which, you know, for me was a, um, I mean, it was a great selection. It's a strong um, design, call it, you know, design, a strong design education. Right. Um, very different than children's book illustration, where I was introduced to, you know, Swiss modern Bauhaus thinking. Um, so it's really that combination of, you know, love of character and storytelling, and then getting introduced to corporate um, identity and um, design systems that brought me to New York City. And um, I've continued to all my jobs have been working for kids, working for kids in the entertainment field, um, working with characters and storytelling. Uh, so it's, it's really been kind of a straight path for me. Oh, wow. You know, I, I say I say that as many times we have conversations and we talk about the securitist roots that we come in. But, you know, I love our conversations about you having this straight focus. You knew you wanted to work with kids. That's right. Mission and design. So you get a chance to work with some of the most beloved characters in our world. How, how is that on the day to day to to wake up and work with characters that we all can recite? their theme songs and can draw them from memory and think about the colors and where we were when we first learned how to count. Um, right. I mean, so I've worked with a lot of characters, you know, um, one of the first ones that I did was I worked at Scholastic working on children's books, right. um, illustrating and designing children's books at Scholastic and then working uh, United Feature Syndicate uh, directly with Charles Schultz and uh, Snoopy and the Peanuts Gang. And so really working with art and designing with his characters, um, which is really exciting to work directly with him. Um, and then going to Nickelodeon where, you know, they the content they create is so fun and dynamic um, working there during the, the big years of SpongeBob and uh, Dora and the Rugrats, um, which was, you know, having the strong characters and then creating brands around those characters. Nice. And, um, and now working at, Sesame Workshop, where uh, the Muppets have a 50-year, um, you know, they're, they've been on TV for 50 years, and there's such, like you said, such a strong connection with those characters. Um, so not only capturing the delight and the personality of those characters, but then creating brand systems and... Um, you know, design systems that work across all the platforms. So my team, uh, I, I have the great privilege of working with a kind of small in-house team. Um, we have designers, uh, sculptors, uh, character designers, illustrators, and uh, animators. And in every uh, platform, every medium, you need the characters to communicate who they are, which, you know, true to their personality in each area. Um, so we work on consumer products and educational materials and, and games. 
Um, you know, we have a range of audiences. We, we create content for kids, uh, for families, for B2B, for fans, for right. um, donors. Uh, so we're constantly harnessing that love of the characters right. and creating content for different audiences. What, what do you find is the biggest challenge of having, you know, such history with the characters, but you're always finding these fresh ways for the characters to show up in our lives. I think about your partnerships with Lego or your partnerships with Bombas with the socks. They gave yeah. an entirely new life to this character library that we already know. What, what do you find the most challenging or the most inspirational part of that? Um, so, I mean, the most inspirational part is it's a purpose-driven organization. So as a nonprofit, as um, really with the goal to in, uh, improve the lives of kids, um, that after a long career working with kids' content, it's, it's really rewarding to have purpose attached right. So it's not just creating delight, joy and delight. It's really then also having it um, connect to value, you know, really having social impact um, somehow connected to everything we do. Um, part of the challenge is um, constantly evolving the characters in new ways, in new, um, in new design expressions, in new stories while staying true to who they are. So um, I feel like people who love our brand, I mean, they okay. know, they'll let us know if we think we go too far. Like if we okay. feel like we're stretching our characters too far or it doesn't feel right. But Sesame from the beginning has been an experiment. It was an experiment okay. to use media to educate. And it's still where we push ourselves is to identify the, the needs of kids and then create content to improve their lives. It's, I want to call out, you know, really one of the moments that's been just incredible for, for the work you're doing and your team and look at some of the stats that have come in. It's amazing that 75% of parents have a deep trust in Sesame Street and that's higher than our trust value in any other entertainment or preschool brand. But it, it, I won't leave it there. I'll then make you blush a bit and quote from the Wall Street Journal. In the moments of crisis, people often gravitate to institutions they trust. It goes back to that 75%. And few American institutions are more trusted than Sesame Street. We're talking about preparing and, and navigating the brand for where your audience and community and kids need you. And um, one of the things that I thought was really powerful was the way that Sesame Street stepped up in this last 24 months as, as we've all been in this moment of pandemic crisis, but really embraced parents and kids. You talk a little bit about what that meant for you as a brand. Yeah, um, sure. I mean, again, from the beginning, from they, they called it an experiment, right? Mm -hmm. it, it was the first show, if you think of it, 1969, um, the founders um, thought that they would harness the the strength of television to educate. And, and it, it seems so common now, but that was really a, a revolutionary idea at the time is using using television 
to educate kids. And um, from the beginning, they used celebrities and parodies and kind of uh, content that's written on a couple levels so that parents and kids could watch together because they they learned over time that the learning is uh, much better when kids right. and, and adults watch, you know, watch TV together, um, co-viewing. So while kids may not be aware of who the celebrities are or what the parodies are getting at, that was a way to have the, the parents stay and view with the kids. Um, during the last two years, um, when COVID, you know, first, first, um, you know, when it was spreading, uh, clearly disruptor in all our worlds, but especially for parents of young children, right. um, for education purposes, and then just explaining, uh, difficult abstract ideas to kids. So taking, uh, these important issues and writing them in a way that they can make sense um, to, you know, three-year-olds. Right. So that is what the Muppets, that's, that is really what the Muppets are so good at is taking this complex information and, and uh, writing it in a way that is digestible for kids. And then parents can have bigger conversations around these difficult right. topics. So we rushed to create content, what we called caring for each other. And it was around, um, you know, why do you need to wear a mask? Can you hug your grandmother? You know, all, all the things that a little, a little kid would, you know, wonder about why these changes are happening. And then we went into the summer of social unrest, um, which has really again, changed our culture, changed our conversations. And it really tapped into our roots of um, addressing racial justice, um, really bringing and creating content to help explain these difficult moments in a way that, um, you know, gives parents language and it gives kids understanding of, um, you know, how we want to live. Right. It's, you know, it's remarkable when you think about it, um, all of those co-viewing experiences that I know I remember in my family from being a kid on the other side and being a parent and spacing through, you know, at Sesame Workshop, you always had a history of having leading into these important and challenging conversations with story and character, you know, at the heart of the design and space in there. Over the last, you've been Sesame for about, we've been saying before, about 12 years. Yeah. How, and your team is responsible for creating. My son was super excited about this when I told him that that your team has a hand in helping to shape the creation of new Muppets. That's talk, right. about, talk about some of the recent Muppets and their role as both agents of understanding and storytellers. Sure. Um, so again, you know, so much of what we do now is really based on those early experiment, experiments. Right. So everything we do at Sesame is purpose-driven. And what happens is uh, re, um, the educators and researchers identify the needs of kids. 
they really go out and say, what are we struggling with? Mm-hmm. Um, and they look at the current cast, you know, our, our regular characters right. we have and the, um, the people on the show and to see like, oh, can we, te- can we reach this audience and these, these topics of need with our current cast? And there are times we cannot. And so we, the, you know, the creative group works with research and education and we, we get um, the criteria of what we're trying to solve. And then the um, content is written and there's a decision to possibly make a new Muppet. And this happens um Sesame Street is an international program. We have over 30 co-productions around the world. So we've been doing this, again, over our whole history. Um, We have a show in South Africa that's 20 years old. And that new Muppets were created for that show. Um, At that time, it was when HIV, there was um, one in four people had HIV. So they created a Muppet that had HIV that could um, teach tolerance and understanding, which was something in their culture um, in the Middle East where, you know, girls education is, is a challenge. We've created girl Muppets to um, encourage and model uh, education for girls. Um, So over time we, we, often we'll create a new Muppet. If there's a need and there's a, um, a story that can't be told through our, our existing cast. So with uh, the recent current events in social justice, we found we need more friends in our neighborhood that can, um, you know, help tell some of our stories. So we created um, Gabrielle and Tamir um, and they are new Muppets that were, that are in, um, they were in a special called the power of we, and it's part of an initiative we're doing really to, um, talk about social justice while we have a history of being a diverse neighborhood, right. um, where everyone's welcome. Uh, we found that this new era we needed, um, to be more direct and to have more direct conversations, being kind is fundamental to who we are, but we needed more than kindness. We need language to explain, you know, where we are and how we want to grow. Then there's also the Weston Elijah who was created um, for, uh, you know, additional content and they're on the show. Um, So, we also just had a special over Thanksgiving um, called See Us Coming Together, where we had a Korean Muppet who was um, a new new eight-year-old girl who's new to the neighborhood and um, helps, you know, sh- she is talking about her background. So, how you know, it's amazing just... The, the scope of the work you have, how do you foster and continue people get excited about this rich collaboration? How do you so, wait, what is the question? Well, how do you, how do you keep people excited about collaborating at this level? I mean, you have a hyper level of collaboration. We do. Um, we have, uh, 
We have over 700 partners around the world and that either work with consumer products or sponsorships. Um, and like you said, I think the power of the brand and the, the deep emotional connection people have to the characters um, is a magnet for possibility and for um, these different collaborations. So, you know, it's a combination of people come to us um, right. as a nonprofit there's, there's certain limitations on how we can present ourselves um, different than, a, you know, right. Then, you know, a more commercial company. Um, so often partnerships come to us. It's, it's hard for us to shop around. Right. Partnerships. Yeah. But it's, it, it seems that, you know, as we've talked and we've seen the partnerships, you're always doing ones that reinforce the mission that you can see why these partnerships make sense. Yes. And much like the character arc, you know, we don't see Cookie Monster outside of himself. That's know? right. And we, we always say that the characters, you know, while they may, if, if we do our job well, we partner with, care, with brands that both brands get the lift right. uh, from, from their strengths. Um, but we, we always say the characters don't do business. Like they are always right. a model. They do not sell products. They do right. not um, promote, you know, commerce. <laughs> they are always, you know, Elmo's the three and a half year old monster. So he's always three and a half years old. He doesn't know. Right. You know, he doesn't know anything outside of his world. Elmo doesn't have a favorite car that he's promoting. He, he does. I don't, I don't believe he does. <laughs> Get to know. Now, do you have a favorite Muppet? Do, oh my goodness. I've been asked that question so many times this week. So oh. I have, I have a handful that are my favorite. So definitely a fan of Grover from when Grover. I was a little kid. I remember reading, there's a monster at the end of the book. It's a good one. Yeah. That is good spo one. Spoiler alert for those who watch any who don't know, Grover's the monster at the end of the book. <laughs> mind-blowing i know you didn't see that one coming but but those are incredible i i love abby in terms of kind of young new characters um my daughter really appreciated that hey. you know growing up i loved i loved snuffy and i love the fact you know i remember the conversations about you know teaching kids that he wasn't an imaginary friend that he was real and that that space to, to go into it and, and the the ways in which you know, Sesame and the brand work through those, those conversations. So the, those are my favorites. I, I do love the classic ones. I love the the monsters that have no names that are just random monsters. Yeah, we call them everything Muppet, Muppets. Now I have a name for them. They were random monsters in my house. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I love them. But how about you? I, you're probably not allowed to have a favorite. Oh, I have a favorite. Grover. D See, that's yeah. how we hang out together. Yeah. 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 No, I love Grover. I think he's so goofy. And then, um, I also, I'm a fan of Big Bird. Yeah. Yes. And, um, I think my favorite new one is, um, Gonger. I don't know if you know, Gonger is really funny. Oh, see, now I got to spend more time and figure out the wonderful space in there. So when you think about like innovation, what's, what's next for you and your team? What are you, what are you thinking about? 
Um, I think the innovation for us comes with continue continuing with the formula that works. So it's Muppets. We always say like Muppets media and mission. Um, it's those, those three things are the, the, the three elements that make, you know, make the brand. Um, but then it's always looking for new partnerships that amplify it. So, um, we right now, um, as a designer, as as brand creative, we we are investing in really lifting the brand creative. We're working with a lot of external um, agencies okay. um, right now. We're working with um, Open Scott Stowell, the agency, and he. Right. We've been um, updating our brand book. Um, which is now going to be um, a deep website uh, for Sesame Street and, and linking Sesame Street with, it, you know, providing all the information with the assets. So it's, it's, the, it's the onboarding of the heritage, the mission, the culture, and then, um, you know, all the, the elements that go into branding. Um, the logos, you know, how to do Muppet photography, um, oh. how to, um, how do you do the writing? What is the tone? What are the attributes? Um, we are creating a Sesame Street and Sesame Workshop, uh, motion branding, um, something we've never really had. Um our history with working with PBS is we would give our content to a distributor and they would put it in their brand packaging um, in the complex um, media landscape globally. We need to package our content more than we have in the past. Okay. um, So that it's recognizable so that, um, that, you know, it can stand out of the clutter of so much con there's so much content for kids now. Um, so we're creating brand systems there. We are just in the process. We work with Smith's design on updating our consumer products packaging system. Um, that's a global system that again, works with over 500 partners around the world. It has to adapt up to 12 languages. Um, it's hard in soft goods and e-commerce. Um, so we're just, what? I was going to say, when you speak about this really complex web of all of the content assets and design resources, I was going to ask the question again in terms of story arc and characters, how much transfer and interaction takes place between story arcs, with the 30 properties that you have in different countries and spaces, there are a lot of what we may experience here in the U.S. that passes over to South Africa and back and forth. Are there stories that are kind of amplified or localized, and are there characters that follow through? No, that's a that is a great question. I mean, we're we are looking uh, at creating content that works globally. Okay. Um, but that doesn't um, replace regional content that right. is specific to that region and to those Muppets that speak to that audience. So um, we're trying to get more intentional of uh, 
creating global content that can be used um, across different territories and then continue to make regional content that really speaks to that audience. But it is a complex system Um, because if you, you know, if we have Elmo do something here in the, in the States, you know, will that work in Germany or Japan or, you know, China, South Africa, um, you know, it's, it is a matrix. And that's why I talked about that brand website that we have is, um, it's really a central, um, you know, we haven't had a central service for our global partners to work with. So we're really growing how we communicate and standardize our, um, our brand so that when we ask people to stretch it, you know, it's really the excellent partners we have help keep us fresh, innovate us. um, But we need to stay true to the roots. So we've been investing in how to make that, you know, easier and more consistent. I think that's, you know, that's a really powerful lesson for those listening, how you're right at the front lines of dealing with that creative tension between innovation, innovation and legacy. And you can see the pull and and when you guys hit it spot on, where, you know, you have something new, but it's still as fresh and refreshes that the, the message, the message. So when you think about, you know, making kids smarter, how, how are you working with educators these days as as educator, as education evolves, how are educators' role in in the content creation evolving for you? So uh, everything we do is really begins, and I feel like all ends with education. I mean, the the beginning is they identify the needs, they identify the curriculum, um, and then it goes through this this system of the creative takes it and and. Uh, you know, has to deliver on that, but has to do it with delight and humor. Um, So it doesn't feel, so it doesn't feel like, and we always say it doesn't feel like eat your broccoli. It feels like you're actually having fun food. You know, (laughs) it doesn't feel like punishing. I mean, I like broccoli just so you know. (laughs) I like broccoli too. I know, I know that Cookie Monster also eats vegetables. That's right. That's right. That's right. There are sometimes food, but um, so I think with education, I mean, again, because we're an educational nonprofit and everything has to deliver on that, whether you feel it or not, um, it's really the partnerships we have and how we can stretch that content, Um, you know, or the new stories. I mean, again, you know, our coming together content is really talking about um, social justice and how we can help kids and parents and caretakers have language to answer questions and, and uh, you know, grow, grow the culture, really. Well, one of the hallmarks of great design and great designers is empathy. And I know through the work that you're doing in making students kinder and more empathetic, can I say that you're actually helping us grow future designers? Amazing. You know, we think about. Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. You know, being a better listener, being um, curious about the other experience. Yeah. 
So our, our, our fun questions of this. So we're going into the holiday season at the end of the year. What are you, my friend, looking forward to doing the next couple of weeks? Uh-huh. <laughs> we were just talking about this, right? So um, due to the current spike, it seems like holiday plans are a little more simple than they were. Um, so I am hoping to work on some creative projects um, here in Brooklyn. Um, nice. So... Uh, one of the things I've taken. Tell us more. (laughs) So one of the things I like to do, um, over the last few years is I've started to quilt. And so what I love about it is taking a very modern, simple approach, kind of this, the, uh, Swiss, you know, modern design and combining it with like the classic, um, uh, craft of quilting. And there's something really satisfying it after being on Zoom all week, being in conversations all week, and being on the computer. There's something really um, soothing about making, you know, touching materials and um, experimenting with shapes. I'm going to share what my daughter has been working on. And so we're going to finish this over holiday break. Yeah. Just you can see that we're working on this. This is the Lego Sesame Street That's right. idea set that my daughter has been building and we're going to take some time over break to work on together. Well, that's amazing. So it's, as we said before, Sesame provides these opportunities for us to continue to grow and learn as, as a family. Now, I ask a bit about, you know, your team as you, as you think about your team going into the new year. Um, how are you all working together better in, in this new way of work? Well, I'm so glad you um, asked about my team because I, I mean, they're one of, they're, they're a team of talent there. It's really such a great group. Um, There's creative talent, but they all have huge hearts um, big kindness for each other and um, generosity in, in their creative and how they work together. Um, and so your question is, how are we working together? Um, I think we've adapted nicely to uh, this this time of working remotely. Pro- moving into this, um, you know, the lockdown in 2020, we were not a remote company at all. Um, and uh, we, have, we have adapted. And actually, I mean, honestly, the going back to the office will be... Um, you know, it'll, it'll be an adjustment now. Um, I mean, for me, I think I miss a little bit of the um, cross-pollination you can get yeah. by being in a room and sharing ideas and and just the energy. Um, but, um, you know, I think in some ways we get more done at home. It, it's interesting. You know, you talk about the energy. Well, that's where Sesame Street started and the workshop model the children's television workshop. We're bringing everyone together. That's right. Brainstorming and creating ideas. Yeah. And now, now we have this new world. So we've got this tension of, of creating new ideas and new spaces. Well, as we look into 2022, what, what encouragement do you have for the rest of your designers out there in the world? Uh, well, first of all, um, I hope everyone has a restful uh, holiday. Um, I th- I think you know I I know it's been an exhausting year um 
I mean, I know at Sesame Workshop, we have had the good fortune of expanding and growing and um, lots of opportunity. Um, we're constantly working on things we haven't done before. Um, and what that means is people are tired. You know, um, they need a long winter break. <laughs> they really, um, so I hope they get that and time with their families. Um, I do look forward. I mean, again, the first six months of the year, we have a lot of exciting brand projects that will be finishing, we'll be sharing with partners and implementing. Um, and, uh, we're creating, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of style guides and then working with partnerships to get those style guides, bringing them to life. Um, so I think one of the challenges we're, we're growing, we're not necessarily growing resources, but we're growing responsibilities. Right. Um, so we've been asking everyone to stretch and um, hopefully our operations grow to meet, to meet the that. expanded work because it, it is um, we're, we're, we're asking a lot of the creative team. Well, I will speak for all of the notes that I received and emails and we announced that we were going to be talking with you and Sesame that the world is ready and open to receive the stretch for one of the most beloved brands and collections of characters. It's been fun to have all of the responses and people talking about how much Sesame and, and most recently your work has meant to them and to the design community. So I'd like to thank you for joining us for this fireside. It's hard to believe that, that we're already at the end. Um, once again, our guest today has been magic maker, storyteller, uh, future design creator, team leader, award-winning creative leader, Teresa Fitzgerald. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for, for your leadership in Sesame and giving us all delight, learning, and care to look forward to. Thank, Thank you so much. We'll, we'll catch up next time. I can't wait to see what the Muppets do next. All right. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And thank you all for joining us for our fireside chat. This has been Leadership in Design. Thank you.